0: The purpose of our podcast is to inspire listeners and viewers to go about building their businesses via a change line of sight, awareness, and or paradigm, providing yet another venue to engage to succeed. So, hello everyone, and welcome to Drop the Mic, the Chamber podcast, with me, your host, Mo Beliveau, Executive Director of the Chamber of Greater East Hampton. This is where I get to talk with members, local people of interest, thought leaders and innovators. Join me as we discuss on a deeper level who they are, what they do, but most importantly, why they do it. What is the juice that gets them up in the morning? So with that, I'd also like to express my sheer joy and excitement about this project that we're partnering with um, East Hampton Media. It's such a pleasure to work with Jen and her team Uh, of professionals and it delights me to no end. I'm also thrilled beyond belief to be launching this project with my first guest today, Sandra Costello of Sandra Costello Photography. In addition to her photography work, Sandra also is a chamber member. She serves on the board of directors and she also serves on the subcommittee, the chamber subcommittee of Women
1: and the Art of Risk.
0: Hi, Sandra.
1: Hello, Mo. I am really excited to be here this morning. How the heck are you? You know, I'm pretty good for a Monday morning. Yeah, I got great sleep last night. I got a nice cup of tea with me, and I'm ready to go. Nice, nice. And we were
0: just discussing the nice counterbalance that your chamomile tea has to my (laughs) caffeine.
1: Yeah, too much caffeine for this girl is trouble.
0: Although, it is coconut coffee, which... um, is I, I choose this coffee because it instills optimism. Oh, I like that very so. much. I'm very excited and I want to thank you for being an enthusiastic co-experimenter. So before we take our deep dive on, um, on our afternoon, or morning together rather, um, I do have one burning question for you. And that question is, what is your go-to order at your favorite
1: hometown restaurant? Oh, this is a very easy question, Mo, and I want the audience to know none of these questions that Mo is posing to me. I do. I was not aware of them ahead of time. No, I
0: specifically um, withheld. I, 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 I had to fight the temptation to send them along, but I decided. <laughs> you know what, Sandra can handle
1: this. Yeah. Okay. Well, this first question is an easy one. My go-to is. Cocos in town, and the one meal I always get is their fried chicken. Oh, who can pass off the fried chicken I mean, dinner? Winner, to, winner. What? To the point that when we go there, they know us, and there's one woman there in particular, and you know who she is. She's this beautiful redhead with gorgeous tattoos, mm. and every time she sees me, she says, Fried chicken? <laughs> say, yeah. She probably has her <laughs> slip already
0: in the yeah. kitchen, right?
1: Yeah, she does. She's got my number.
0: Nice. Yeah. Um, So another question I want to ask you before we get rolling is, what is it that you're curious about
1: right now? I am curious about what, how one's mindset helps them. Let's see. Let me think about that. For me right now, I've been thinking a lot about the way that I approach everything in my life and how the way I feel about it and the way that my thoughts help me to either make things happen or not make things happen. Mm -hmm. So if you've ever heard the expression, if you believe that this will happen, it will. And if you don't, it won't. I think it is completely true and I am seeing it more and more in my life. When I have a sense of purpose and positivity toward things that I really want to accomplish, they always happen, always mo. And when I go in the opposite direction, if I'm feeling insecure, if I'm feeling like I have a lack of confidence around who I am and what I really want to be doing, then that that mission mm-hmm. is not accomplished.
0: Right. It's amazing. Yes. And I, you know what ties into that for me is, um, you know, staying positive, as you are well aware, is something that I always strive to do. Um, and it reminds me of being receptive and open. To the, to the world's gifts, mm-hmm. right? So how, when you're choosing for something to be one way or the other, sometimes it's the other that's the right thing for us, right? Yeah. So being okay with perhaps that thing that we didn't necessarily want, working through <laughs> that, <laughs> and then getting the other thing.
1: Well, we were talking about this right as the podcast was getting started, you know? What if, instead of moving toward the things that seem so darn hard, what if you move toward the things that seem easy? and and i think it's because the easy things are actually things that come to us very naturally but we think when there is a bit of resistance then that's the right direction to go in because everything should be hard
0: is that true no i don't believe that's true i believe that life was not necessarily meant to be difficult that doesn't and that is not to say that life doesn't throw little curveballs in our way or difficult situations but why add to
1: that? well, <laughs> and I and I think that those curveballs are reminders of what's most important. It's a bit of resistance that you can push up against and say, "Oh, that's not what I'm meant to be doing. This is mm-hmm. a reminder of that mm-hmm. or it's asking another question, so it really is about paying attention, right, right. This is getting very woo-woo.
0: well, <laughs> let's get back on track, yeah, so um. Because I have known you for years now, I I know that it's your life's work. Your life's work has so much to do with helping others tell their story, whether it be personal or professional. So let's get a little deeper into your story, shall we? Yes. All right. I'm a little nervous.
1: So Sandra (laughs) Costello. Who are you?
0: Yeah, yeah. Who are you?
1: Well, I came to the Valley about 15 years ago and I had, I grew up in eastern Massachusetts, right outside of Boston. Oh. Yeah, and um, my wife and I decided that we wanted to buy a house, and we knew this area fairly well. We had some good friends here, and started looking at the valley. When I first got here, I was actually working uh, for a company, and had a full-time job, and that was great for a number of years, and then the itch to uh, go out as a full-time photographer and entrepreneur was so great that I left that job and went out on my own and I've been doing this over nine years right as a full-time photographer and you know people ask me what do I like to photograph and people are my passion yes and when I first started my business I was primarily photographing weddings which was a great joy in my life. And I really loved doing that. I'm doing less of that these days. And I'm doing mostly portraiture and specifically portraits of women. And that includes both professional uh, headshots and branding sessions, but also more personal work. So that could include uh, women and their families. But one of the projects that I've been working on over the last couple years is called Brave Moments. And the title Just naturally sort of attached itself to this kind of this particular project. And I was always interested in photographing women in the most beautiful way. And then I thought, well, in addition to that, what can I be doing to photograph the story of these women, so that they have photographs that serve as a a legacy of their life, and they create heirlooms from this shoot that they can either keep for themselves as a reminder of how incredible they are mm-hmm. or to pass along to their children, to their spouses, to whomever it is that um, they have a connection with. And so for the last couple of years, I have been photographing women doing these Brave Moments photo shoots. And those shoots range from um, women celebrating their health after... Um, after cancer mm. um after a major stroke mm-hmm. uh i photographed one young woman who is now in her early 30s and about 5 years ago she had a stroke and they thought that she would never walk or talk again she is walking she's talking she's dating mm. she is working she's doing all of the things and um we have these incredible photographs of her uh, in, in winter, which is her favorite season, in this right. gorgeous red gown. So the work that I've been doing has always been connected to people and photographing them in their most authentic way, but my subject matter has shifted a little bit over the years. Right, right. Now,
0: because I know you, I, I know that you spend a lot of time um, looking at yourself, in an attempt to align who you are with what you do and, 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 and by doing that attempting to add the most value for to your clients and for yourself. Can you tell me how you came to the realization that this is what you needed to do? This work in
1: particular? Yeah. <sighs> um, well, I've always enjoyed photography because it's
0: it's definitely evolved.
1: Yes, it yeah. has
0: it has evolved, and it's evolved in the very short time that I've known you. You know, we're not, I, although I feel like we've known each other for eons, um, we haven't really. But I've seen
1: a great change in, yeah. in, in you and what you do. You know, I think one of the th- one of the great things about getting older. Is getting more connected to who you are if you will if you can allow that to happen if you don't resist it if you're willing to dive in a little bit and look at who you are and what's important to you then the process of getting older can actually be a beautiful thing aside from the aches and pains mm-hmm. right right um, and And so for me, connection has always been really important to me in terms of uh, everyday life, relationships with my family members, um, but in particular with my clients. And and that has always been the case. And I think in the beginning when I was photographing weddings, I thought, am I getting too personal with people? Am I too interested in who they are and, and what makes them tick and what's important to them and how I capture their day? But then I began to realize that the things that are important to me are the things that are important to my clients. Mm -hmm. And that's why we, that's, isn't that so much the case so much of the time? Well, and, and that's why we, we connect, but I want to make one comment about that, which is. I think as a young business owner, or someone who's just getting started, it's really easy to look to your competition, mm-hmm. to people who are doing what you're doing and thinking, oh my God, they're really, they're crushing it. Mm. How can I, what do I need to do that they're doing mm-hmm. so that I can crush it too? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the wrong question. Right. I think what really needs to happen and what I have learned for myself over the years is when you look inward... When you look at what it is that you do so naturally, mm. as, as natural as breathing, mm-hmm. then that's what you're meant to be doing. And right. that's how you're, uh, that's a way for you to consider the kind of work, uh, it's not the work itself, it's the approach that you take right. toward whatever it is that you decide you want to do. I could be a photographer, but I could also be a florist. It doesn't actually matter what the work is. It is the connections that I make with my clients and the energy I put out in the world. So what do you think was
0: the actual mechanism, the actual thing that prodded you to move in that direction? Was there a particular aha
1: moment or an oh darn moment or an oh moment? (laughs) Yes, I can remember it very clearly. I actually uh, did a workshop over a weekend uh, with this husband and wife couple And they, too, were photographers. And um, he asked me the question, why should I hire you? Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, well, this is an easy one. Ah, I'm fun. I'm a great photographer. I'm organized. um, And I love what I do. And he said, great. Uh, The woman sitting next to you is all of that. And she charges less. And a bag of chips. (laughs) And she charges less. So Mm. tell me, why should I hire you? I thought, crap, right? But, um, it. I'm going to have to think about that one a little bit. And I did. And I began to really think about the work that I was doing at the time, which mm-hmm. was primarily shooting weddings. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, the reason I do this work, this work in particular, is because of my own experience at my own wedding. So when I got married... Uh, I was getting ready to marry a woman Uh, I had never been to a gay wedding so I was like what (laughs) is this about I was totally stressed Um, I wanted my Irish Italian Catholic family to all be a part of that day Mm. and I worried how will they how will they how will this be for them Mm hmm anyways the photographer that we hired was lovely and she was very connected to us and she captured beautiful images and it had nothing to do with us being gay it was about the day itself and Hello. us as people <laughs> and our family and all the things that matter to us right and so I realized as I thought about my own experience and what I took from that 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 was what I wanted to give all of my couples mm. I wanted to be able to say to them I accept you as you are hmm let me photograph you in in your most authentic way, and then let me also embrace the people who are here, who care the most about you, and show you through photographs how much mm-hmm. they love you, mm-hmm. which
0: carries into your brave moments um, work that you're doing now. Well, well, and I want to say one of the things. have Mo. you have you uh,
1: moved away from weddings, or what? Were? So let let me, let me tell you one other thing, and then I'll I'll answer that, okay. which is from that particular weekend was when i changed everything and i created my website which is Mm sandralovesyou.com because it really represented how i felt about my clients and what i wanted them to know as they were entering this this um this relationship with me and so for people who thought that was weird they wouldn't go any further and Mm -hmm. for folks who are like oh my gosh she's perfect for me Mm -hmm. they knew that pretty quickly right
0: because not everybody is your audience
1: not everyone is my audience right which is so hard I think for so many
0: folks in business myself included when I had my private practice for 20 years you know I think well everybody every aching body is my is my you know client but that's not true No,
1: I mean, there is no way that you as a unique individual with special um, services and gifts can service everyone. You cannot. So what I do is unique to a certain group of people, Mm. and if I can offer certain things that resonate with them, then they're gonna have a great experience because what they're looking for is being taken care of by me. Right, right. So can you tell me, what the risk was in all of this? Oh my gosh, yeah, I, I, think, um, I think it's really easy to do what someone else is doing because you see the results or you imagine you know what the results are mm-hmm. and how things are going. Cause you're like, oh, okay, well let me just watch them and I'll do that. But when you go out on your, when you go out on your own, and you really are looking inward to what makes you tick and what makes you happy, and the th- the, the the unique things that you bring to what you do. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very scary process because what if you decide that you're going to do something that is close to your heart and nobody wants it, mm-hmm. or people think it's strange. I think so often. This may sound very junior high, but so often we all just want to know that people like us, mm. love us, right. care for us, think highly of us. And so, when you start to go personal, when you start to do something that is unique to you, mm. it feels risky because you don't want to be rejected. Right. So that is the. I think that is the risk of really being authentic. Right. Right.
0: So in your, it feels to me that you have had this inner uh, drive to grow into your authentic self and, co- and, ha- and present your work and deliver your work from that place. Um, but while you were understanding that, cause that doesn't happen just in an instant necessarily. Right, right. What was the story that you told yourself while either avoiding it or navigating this uncomfortable process. So, in other words, what was the, con- I love this word, what was the confabulation, the honest lie that you told yourself to keep yourself in your comfort zone? Or is that too many stuff?
1: Did I ask too many questions? No, at one not time? too many questions. <laughs> I got it. I got it in the head. <laughs> um, I think that I have always been connected to myself even from a young age. Really? How lucky are you? Well, you know, I think there was some pain during that time, and and because of that, uh, as a young person, I got more reflective, and that allows oneself to turn inward again, Mm -hmm. you know, to understand yourself a little bit better, get to know yourself. And I have always known myself to, want to make those connections with folks and put myself out there and sometimes a big way Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that has always been a little bit challenging because I think it's easy for parents for you know they don't want their kids to get hurt so it's easy to say like oh tone it down a little bit (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah pull back a little bit and and I appreciate that because nobody wants to get hurt right and so I think the story that that I used to tell myself was I'm not good enough. What if what I'm trying to do doesn't resonate with people? And instead they think like, who's this crazy, loud little woman? (laughs) And, and again, like I said earlier, I think everyone wants to be embraced and accepted for what makes them unique and what makes them, really great at what they do Mm. and so I think for a long time I have always had this little dream in me which is to just shine you know just be big and Mm -hmm. loud and and allow the enthusiasm that is always running through my body to come out and 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 embrace whomever it is that I'm connecting with and it really wasn't until I would say I mean, it, when the, the first layer of it was when I discovered my brand and I really connected with why I was doing what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And then I think the next level came three years ago when I closed my first studio and I really began giving some thought to, why am I doing this work? Where, like, what, what makes this meaningful? And how do I, like, I don't wanna be wasting time. Life is short, right. let's get right to the stuff that, that
0: um, hits you right in the gut. I really like how that has actually become your mantra these <laughs> days, you know? But it makes it, it makes it easier. It makes it easier on yourself and others that this is, this is what I'm doing, this is what um, I'm bringing to the world, and, it, and you can um, make choices, easier choices around that. Whereas, oh my gosh, so you much know, easier. when you say yes to something, you say no to something
1: else, which ties into what you're absolutely saying so so there are so many um there are so many layers to doing the work that is really most meaningful mm. it is about listening to your heart which again I know it sounds a little um you know people think oh is it really that easy no it's actually not that easy um you have to do some work was there a lie <coughs> that you kept telling yourself that kept telling
0: you back to say <coughs> you know the comfortable lie was there always was that
1: or was it or was it not there um, I think that when you're an— now, arti- sometimes we fool ourselves yes I think that when you're an artist it's really easy to think like is the work good enough mm. so I think that that's one big place of it and I think here's the other piece of it Mo and I think that we all struggle with this is self judgment mm-hmm. judging ourselves are we being too much are we doing enough um, will this um, will this meet the needs of my clients? Um, Am I doing all the things that I should be doing? And really just having a heavy hand of judgment on ourselves, which, can I swear? (laughs) No. Okay, (laughs) you know, um, I, I think that that really gets in the way of doing the work that we're meant to do. Right, right. And, and again, like I said earlier, I don't always think it is about the actual work that you're doing. It's how you do the
0: work. Right. So maybe you had not just one lie, but maybe several little lies that you just kept selling, telling yourself around judgment and that sort of thing. Yeah. So can you share with me how you feel about your, 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 wor- your business today versus, say, three or five years ago?
1: Wow. Um, I feel a very different level of connection with my business and my clients nice years ago I used to get reviews from people that were that would say things like Sandra is awesome we had a great experience definitely hire her right who doesn't want a review like that right but it's somewhat generic but now I get reviews that are that are ten times that people are are saying really beautiful stunning things Mm. and it is because I have deeply connected with the work, I've deeply connected with the people that I serve, and because of that, they feel seen, and they feel as though I have given them exactly what they were looking for.
0: Is that not a universal desire, you know, we all want to be seen, and what better medium via photography, right, Yeah. A, but then B, how you bring them through that experience? Right. Yeah. You know, I, I because it's intimidating. You know, I've sat for a session with you, and it's it can be inti- You know, you you arrive with this preconceived. Yeah. Oh
1: my God. Yeah. It happens almost every single time, Mo, and people come with. With that that um, Mm self-judgment. That's what it is. Yeah. They they come beforehand. You know, I've had clients. I had a client uh, last weekend, and uh, I photographed her and her family a number of times. And she said, um, I've been really stressed. I said, yeah, I know you have been. (laughs) Because I I know you, and I I know what you want the outcome to be. Right. And what really needs to happen when you come for your photo shoot is you just need to be yourself. Right. You know, obviously, not an easy task. You know, obviously, prepare certain details. Make sure you have the clothes that you want to wear. Right. Um, And if you want to have some grooming done, then go for it. But in the end, it really is about trusting me to bring out the best in you Mm -hmm. and to capture you in the most beautiful way. Right. So tell me, what is the
0: juice that gets you out of bed in the morning? How do you keep yourself? On what could be observed as a mm. long track of evolution.
1: Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, it really is about the connection to people, Mo, every single time. Nice. You know, I have an event coming up in a couple of weeks, and the reason I put this event together and why I'm doing more events <coughs> is because I realize that A, I love being around people, mm-hmm. and B, people want to be with me because, um, be, because of a number of things. They want their photograph taken. They want to make a connection, but they want to learn things about themselves. Mm-hmm. And I feel like every time I create a new event, it is an opportunity for the community to grow, and for. Primarily, women are connecting with me. For these women to come and get to know each other, high five each other for being awesome, and learning more about who they are. Right. So your tagline is "Be brave," or one of your taglines. Yeah, yeah.
0: Am I? Is that right? Is it, is it "Be yeah, brave"?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I talk a lot about being brave. Yeah. Uh, especially in my Brave Moments Instagram account. Right.
0: Yeah. So Brene Brown, who we both love. Mm. Um, says that if you're brave enough often enough you will fail can you share with me what has been one of your toughest failures
1: now i wish i knew this question beforehand this i could have given a little boom yeah right drop the mic (laughs) (laughs) um read me that question again
0: um according to Brene brown if you are brave enough long and often enough you will fail right Mm -hmm. odds are um, and I'm looking for you to share
1: with me one of your, one of your toughest failures. So, I, you know, I, I'm not sure at the time I would have considered it a failure. Mm-hmm. However, I was at a weak point in my, uh, in my life, and it was right after I had closed my studio. Mm. And um, I closed my studio because I had been there one day, and uh, a bullet came through my window. And, that just um, blows
0: it, my mind. Yeah, it was
1: pretty scary. I would have been out of my mind. It was pretty scary. And so it gave me, uh, I, I was pretty down because I had closed the space that I had built up over a couple of years. Right. And I loved it. And I thought, well, what's next? And I really took a break that winter from mm. shooting. I wasn't um, pursuing the work. I was kind of deep in thought. Was that
0: just about the time that you and I
1: connected? I can't recall. Okay, just wondering. I can't wondering. recall, but, but, but it was a pretty intense time, and, um, you know, I had some savings, and I was kind of watching that go down. Yeah, that's <laughs> and that's
0: another set of scariness. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: And um, all of a sudden, I thought, well, I'm going to have to pick myself up here, or I am going to um, have to find a job, mm. you know, as opposed to continuing with my business. And... I decided that that situation, the closing of my studio and the bullet coming through the window was uh an opportunity for me to pay attention. <laughs> Someone was trying to get your attention, yeah <laughs> and and so it's not necessarily not necessarily a failure but but I was going downward because I thought,, you know. I, I just couldn't pick myself back up. Sure, sure. It's a trying time. It's it's
0: overwhelming and it's you know, your safety was threatened. And yes. it's like craziness. Yeah.
1: And um, so I um I decided I was going to turn it around. I was going to turn the whole thing around. This was not a negative anymore. I was going to look at it very differently. This was an opportunity for me to pay attention to my business and what I was doing and what I was, you know, what wasn't working. Touché. What wasn't working because there were things that weren't working. Mm-hmm. And um, and that was really when the Brave Moments photo shoots started happening. Mm-hmm. Like that was the beginning of it. And so sometimes we can look at what we consider bad experiences to be Mm -hmm. and what i believe is that they are meant to teach us a lesson if we look close enough correct if we are willing to be open to whatever just happened right you know if we went ahead and we tried something and it didn't go well well instead of saying like well that was that was a failure how about what did you learn what did you learn from that experience? How can you bring it forward? Mm-hmm. So what was your greatest lesson from that, from what
0: I labeled as a failure?
1: Well, during that time, I realized that I had other interests and so I began speaking, like I, I took a course about becoming a public speaker mm-hmm. and I always, I've always been interested in speaking in front of groups. Like, I don't know why I thought that was new for me, mm-hmm. but it felt new because I hadn't paid attention to it in a long time. Yep. And so I was paying attention to it again and I was in love with the process of connecting with people in a whole new way. Right. So that happened, and then I began to look at other work that I really was, you know, wanting to do but had put off because I thought that I needed to stay focused on my wedding work, but there were other things I wanted to do, Mm -hmm. and so I was experimenting. I was trying things. And even when I was asking myself the question, because I can be very practical mm-hmm. and very logical, asking myself the question, well, Sandra, what is this public speaking about? And what are you going to do with it? Right. You know, it's the Virgo in me that's like, okay, <laughs> give me an answer. And I told myself I didn't need an answer. Right. I wanted to just do the thing that was making me happy. Right. Follow the bliss as... um, Bill Moyers would say. And speaking in front of groups about things that were important to me was making me happy. Mm. And that, and so that was over three years ago. And that experience still continues. I am still um, speaking in front of groups and I am still practicing and learning to become a better speaker and figuring out like, what is the message that I really want to share with folks? Right. What is that voice got to say? Well, Um, Starting next month, I will begin, I will begin the process of writing a book. Shut the back door. Yep. Okay, that's brand new to me. (laughs) And it really is about, it is about living your life to the fullest which oh, is which nice. is nothing new right but you know it's nothing new but but it will be coming from the perspective of what if you only had 168 hours which makes up a week seems like a lot of time right but how often do we think oh got through another week gone <laughs> right yep. 168 hours gone mm. so what if what if you looked at that time frame differently? Mm. And what if you could let go of what you think you should be doing and really doing the things that, that you really want to be doing? Nice. And instead of moving toward the hard stuff, right. you move toward the easy stuff. Oh, right. Right. So what
0: defines success? You know, with all this you just blew my mind you know that right because now I'm like what (laughs) what (laughs) so um, all of this new information and all of this really great um, learning that you've um, taken in over the short time that I've known you and over your lifetime what defines success for you now and I want to know also how is it different now as it was maybe three years ago
1: I think that my idea of success has always been the same. But it's just now that I can really put a spotlight in a way that I haven't in the past. So, so I'll, t- I'll tell you what clarity. those things are. Yeah. So just, just recently did I ask myself this question. Probably about four months ago. Because I was feeling like I was not connected to... Uh, the things that were important to me, I was focused on the wrong things. Mm-hmm. So I said to myself, what are the things, what are the things for you that are most meaningful? First thing, family. Mm-hmm. Family has always been the most important thing to me in my life. Growing up as a young person, and especially now as an, as an adult. Mm-hmm. So family is most important. Second is freedom. Mm. Being able to spend my time in the way that I want to spend my time. As an entrepreneur, I have some flexibility Mm. in my work days. So what that means is I can... Uh, I can get up really early and, and work for three hours and then go off and do something else. It also means that I can plan vacation differently than other folks because I set my schedule. Mm. It also means that I get to do the work that I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I get to be the boss, mm-hmm. which on some days is not a great thing because this boss can be a tough mother. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so family, freedom, freedom. And I think the last piece of it is, is connected to freedom, but it is about being completely myself. Mm -hmm. And in this work that I get to do, I get to explore that all the time. Right. So you knew me one way when we first met Mm -hmm. and now years later, things have evolved and that's because I have the freedom to do that. Right. Right.
0: Um. so you have a soundtrack for your life tell me the one song that absolutely has to be on that soundtrack
1: one song I love this question one song mm. let's see mm-hmm. well I really love to dance <laughs> so it would probably have to be some kind of uh dance tune the thing is, I love so much music, and I really do love a variety of music. Brick House is a favorite. <laughs> nice. Um, I, I don't love know, it. is that over the top? No, I love it. Uh, that's a fun one. Uh, oh. I love, um, uh, currently, I am really digging uh, Lizzo. Oh, you know what? I have not heard anything. Oh, man. I, I just love her message. By Lizzo. Um, and I know
0: that she's like a craze.
1: Yeah. yeah. She's terrific. Uh, I'm, I'm so out of the loop. I'm digging her right now. But but really anything dance music. Okay. Here's the song. I love Stevie Wonder. <laughs> and I saw him perform a couple of years ago for the first and only time. And he blew my mind. Um, he has a song. I think it's called Sir Duke. I should know the title. It is one of my favorite songs. It's just, it. it's really playful, uh-huh. and it's great to dance to, and God, it, I, wish I wish my, knew my spirits I every single it. time. I'll play it for you after okay, the podcast. Joke. That yeah. sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what are you reading right now? What am I reading yeah. right now? Um, well, um, I just finished reading Marie Forleo's ah. uh, Everything is Outable." Nice. And she is Did someone, you love it? She, yes. Um, I'm on to re, I'm on to listening to it a second time actually. Oh, okay. Actually. Oh, I
0: love that. I love when a book grabs you and you're like, you know, start with why Simon Sinek was that for me. I read it's like 16 that's, times.
1: That's that's coming next.
0: How I cannot like just regurgitate the whole thing to you is beyond me at this point. But so Marie Florio
1: she is someone i followed for years. And I love her because she is uh, very much herself. And um, she's got Jer- a Jersey girl in her. And so she can be a little rough around the edges sometimes. But her, this new book, Everything is Figure outable," has such a great message because everything is possible. Everything is possible. And the things that we resist, you know, the things that we say... Um, I can't get to that one of the things she suggests is that look at that again Maybe it's actually something you don't want to do. Well, right Right, so she makes a lot of sense to me. She has awesome stories She's super funny and she is someone who is doing multiple things in her life as right. a business owner right. And she's not just doing one thing right and I really love that because I, I feel as though I am someone who is interested in doing a variety of things yeah, And I'm doing that right now. And she has given me permission to do that nice. because, as, you know, in addition to being a photographer, I'm also a graphic designer right. and I'm also a speaker and I'm also a coach. Right. You're all things. And we can be all things right. if we want to.
0: Well, it's interesting because I've just gotten to that space myself and I'm really excited about it. There's lots going on. Yeah, lots going on. Lots coming up for
1: 2020. Yeah, for I mean, all of us. But but I think that when you get focused, when you get focused on what is important to you yeah. and who is important to you, yeah. then you can really tune in to the work that you're meant to be doing. Well,
0: it's all about you know, you know, you know. I'm a farmer, mm-hmm. right? Vegetable mm-hmm. farmer, and it's you know. Weeding out the weeds. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I love that, Mo. Weeding out the weeds. So, Sandra Costello, I want to thank you for coming in this morning and being um, brave to be my first guest on uh, Drop the the Mic, um, the Chamber podcast, and um, walking down this experimental path with me. I really appreciate it.
1: This, I mean, I can't think of any other way of starting my week. Thanks. This is awesome. Yeah. It was So awesome. are you. Thank, thank you, you so man. much. Yeah.
0: And I also want to make, um, um, say many, many thanks to East Hampton Media. So we're um, taping and filming here in their really cool studio. And um, can't thank them enough for this really great partnership and this really great experience. So peace out, everyone.